half-baked plans and half-smashed pies this week on The Hapless Heroes. We don't need the water. And why'd you make it? I had to. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco. Tonight, I will be your host and DM as we continue this adventure in the land of time and cities that no longer exist. Before we get into that, I'm going to introduce our awesome cast. Starting on my virtual left, we have Dave playing Zero Valen's Avatar of War. Greetings and salutations. Mike is Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. This dress is the worst thing ever. Zach as Pregnart. Where can we get another pie? Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. Oh, Pregnart, you got a little some stuck to the earth. Let me get that for you. Thank you. And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Is the pie really essential to the whole plan? James, a.k.a. Hoblet, uh, still uh, can't... Join us for this particular session here, but uh, trust that Hoblet is up to something. And we will hopefully hear back from him very soon. That time real, still ticking. It's going to be real awkward if, uh, if you know, if y'all reset before he gets back. <laughs> or maybe but that's exactly which, how he returns. We reset and there he is. Speaking of which, I think last week we had a bit of a, a chase through the streets with a bit of a Maven the Baker situation and a runaway dwarf with some fishy pies. Um, y'all had managed to figure out how to deal with the authorities so that now at least no one's been arrested and y'all could get back to just figuring out this sort of half-baked plan that you have involving bringing some sort of get well soon present to Ebenezer's house, assuming that he has a son that is injured based on yeah, nobody being the, arrested. The plan is not even a huge win for us. Yeah, no, the plan yeah, isn't no. even half-baked anymore. The baking is gone. There is no baking. This is not a baked plan. Well, let's try to we still have flowers and oh. remnants of a pie. So I guess let's see if these what we can do with these ingredients. So we're going to open right back up. Y'all are just still in the streets of Ool. You guys are in the ninth ward, not too far from where the gated community that Ebenezer lives in resides. So, you know, I think at this point, maybe we, we were collecting ourselves. You know, we just kind of dealt with the authorities and you have some pies that are in considerably rougher shape than they were four <laughs> the flowers are fine though yeah the flowers are great let's bring them let's let's drop them off uh <laughs> i could create 45 pounds of chocolate <laughs> 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 felt like that would be i beneficial. love how i love how when john 
suggests the create food and like in water <laughs> spell like whatever he wants to create like he wants to just take one thing and make 45 <laughs> pounds of it not like yeah create just four, the maximum amount like 45 right. pounds of like a varied like meal or several courses of anything no no no, no. give me like Mm-mm. it's like no i want 45 pounds of sausage and bacon i want 45 pounds of fuck you know what i mean pancakes i, I also never, want to clarify it doesn't say up to 45 pounds it just says straight up 45 pounds okay okay <laughs> okay so i mean if we're making that was for no nuance if we're making 45 pounds of chocolate are there girl guys an ool. Boris can work with this. Wait a sec. Wait, girl guides? You mean Girl Scouts? Yeah, they call I mean, them girl, they guides call girl in Scouts in Canada. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's this there's is an a... international episode. <laughs> Today we learned. <laughs> um, girl yeah, I mean, guide cookies. Yeah. I mean, are, are, it's we, are we into the? Are we making 45 pounds of Thin Mints? Is that what we're doing? Yes. And yeah. then we're bringing 20 pounds of them. We already had this argument before. And, and James James is vehemently opposed. No, no, I'm say vehemently opposed. He's he's cool with Thin Mints, but those are not his cookie, his growth cut cookie of choice. I mean, that's fine. And, you know, he can, he can register his vote next time he's here to register his vote. Yes. But until such a time... <laughs> thin Mints? Yeah, zero leans into the group a little. The salesperson angle might actually be one of our better approach uh, approach strategies here. That would at least get us to the door without suspicion. I'm not sure I can say rolling up with uh, advanced knowledge of an injury in the home and flowers would uh, quite ring the same. Are we committing to the fact that there's girl guides slash girl scouts in Ool? We don't know. We'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Like, history, do these people know history check. Girl guides are. This is is any and does anyone? Girls. I was gonna say, does anyone actually care if the day do exist or not? That would want to make a history check. I'm gonna roll some percentile dice over here myself. I'm good I'll, with I'll history, history checks. Check, I don't I know if I'll know the history of the Girl Scouts until Dory. <laughs> I have. I, I feel like if if. Girl guides. We're, we're operating with the. Uh, as I have. We're operating yeah. with the international nomenclature. We're on the Canadian model. It's where there's girl guides, but there's also Scouts Canada, but that has both boys and girls in it. I've rolled a 26 for history. Oh wow! And I rolled an 88 on my percentile die, which indicates to me that yes, they definitely do exist. <laughs> Perfect. Could Hedrick cast mending on the pie? What? What kind of things does mending allow you to fix? Um, it says a single break or tear in an object you touch. The examples are a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, a leaking wineskin. As long as the break and tear is no longer than one foot in any dimension, you mend it, leaving no trace of the former damage. It can also physically repair a magic item or construct but the spell can't restore magic to such an object. So it just says object. It just says object. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a single It does just say object, right. I mean, the examples they give, none of them are food. However, it doesn't specifically (laughs) say that they can't be food. So in my rule of cool brain and in my rules interpretation of this moment, I think that, yeah, you probably could cast mending on the pie. (laughs) 
and at least okay. fix the breaks <laughs> in it. Yeah, that's what Hedrick would do, and he'll hand the pie back over to Pregnar. Yeah, so whether or not, like, you know, anything else Hooray. might be wrong with it, cosmetically, it actually it, it, it looks like it is still brand new. There might be some dirt. The pies were in boxes. Yeah, the pies were in boxes. They were sealed, yeah. Jarrell had his hand up. This looks like a brand new pie. (laughs) Jarrell had his hand up ready to create 45 pounds of Thin Mints. Uh, Do we still want the cookies? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yes. Why not? not? Those are broke. As I say, this is a a group that wants all available options. (laughs) Hold on. Should we go somewhere less conspicuous? Because uh, we're still standing like in the middle of the street, aren't we? It's like an alleyway behind the building. Yeah. Right okay. Yeah, so we're, we're in an alleyway. All right. As long as we're in an alleyway, <laughs> we'll get some alleyway cookies. <laughs> Makes me feel so dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Back alley cookies. Uh, yep. So Jarrell <laughs> kind of raises his hand. Uh, yellow light comes out and onto the ground in front of you. It's a giant pile, 45 pounds worth of Thin Mints. Not in boxes. Like just directly Not in on the ground. I, I can't create the boxes. Are they at least it's in a sweet? pile of cookies? <laughs> Maybe this is why we should just go making cookies from nothing in the back alley somewhere. <laughs> so there's just a pile of thin mints on the ground. What do we want for our drink? Um, perhaps a container. <laughs> yeah. Do we have one? Well. Hypothetically, Jarrell, what packet? happens if you just spawn a drink from nothing over the ground? I mean, selling Edmonds out of my pocket seems like a little sketchy. That seems like maybe a fake girl guide. Also, right now you are currently dressed up in um, like period appropriate clothing for a young, like, you know, a prestigious lady. Oh, right. Oh, hey, I have an idea. For decency's sake, you do have petticoats, correct? Of course. Good. Hold out the front of the skirt. We're just going to start dumping cookies into, into the front of it. Just like carry it like... While, <laughs> while you're dumping the cookies, uh, 30 gallons of water is slowly coming out of the spell. <laughs> are the cookies oh, no, no, no. getting wet? If, you're, if, you are, if you are creating water along with it, then you mm. like it would probably have to, it would probably appear or be summoned in some sort of very cursory container. It, I don't think you would okay. just spawn like a blob of water that just <laughs> drops and is immediately wasted. I feel like that doesn't work. Can like the that. cookies be in containers then? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, only if you describe to me what the containers and labeling on said containers looks like. They're little brown boxes, or not brown box. They're little green boxes. Green um, boxes. Green boxes. <laughs> um, and they have girl guides of Telduria or whatever, uh, Ool or on the front. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. They'd probably just be your generic Girl Scout looking girl on the front, right, with the green outfits well, and everything. Period appropriate. Right. Clothing, but yes, sure. But still, still plaid. Yes. <laughs> is that, sure. Is that, <laughs> I don't know. 
I mean, you're, you're like you're describing. You're creating this box right now. So like, yep. whatever you are yep. describing here is now what will no, happen. That, that sounds Canada. accurate. Um, oh, should there be dwarven? A little, a little dwarven girl with a little beard, <laughs> and then um, surfing, no. surfing, surfing for the thin yeah, mints. Make her right? surfing. Yep. Yep. And then we just have uh, thirty one gallon pitchers. Of water along with it, <laughs> so they're just like just, just they're just lined up like on the ground or whatever, right? Just like all these pitchers of water, like. Yep. Who's carrying this water? We don't need the water. And why'd you make it? I had to. Part of the spell. <laughs> <laughs> this is peak D and D, folks. <laughs> like to think of it as he like dispenses the water and he like you know can, like these jugs appear or, the or you could just, just or, or, or pulling or, yeah, boxes right. of cookies out of my sleeve and pouring water <laughs> i'm just i'm flabbergasted by john's literal interpretation of this spell like it doesn't no, like, it doesn't say up to or and or or anything like, it just no, says but, you create but, but, 45 pounds but, of food and 30 gallons of water but this is what i love the most about it because like this it's up to the spellcaster right in this case jarell to determine how all of these things manifest and this is how jarell is choosing for them to mm-hmm. manifest yep that's just that's makes just sense, how his brain Jarell works. is a rule follower yeah <laughs> Most of the time, he also does kind of disregard that when he really has no choice when everyone else mm-hmm. decides to just go do something. So, uh, Jarrell picks up one of the things of water and just starts drinking out of the gallon pitcher while you're do- figuring out what to do with all the boxes of cookies. Hydration is important, kids. I imagine it's like a spring water. Oh, it's delicious. Would you like some? Yeah, it is some of the cleanest drinking water you'll ever have in your yeah, life. Yeah, I need to. I need to wet my whistle here. Get the get the pops ready. Hey, does this uh, does this taste the same way it normally does? I'm just curious. I mean, Valen here has not ascended, so the power you have is still the same. This still works. Last time I used this, it was made into soup almost immediately, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> It, it seems to be holding up. Um, I do remember, and again, this is more of a meta explanation for you guys, but to kind of just give you a, I guess, a peek of, like, you know, again, you guys are very high level, all of you. Um, and Jarrell has literally sort of, I mean, he's, he's, he's sort of done a lot of the things he needed to do, and Valen, you know, nominated him as his, as her, like, official, like, champion of justice. So it would, be, it would suffice to say that you know, yeah, things are different in this time period you're in, but Jarrell, in and of himself now, possesses his own sort of almost like divine spark. Right. So that could be an explanation for why. I mean, yeah, things do feel a little bit different. And like I know, like I've explained a couple times, when Jarrell's, like Jarrell, when you're wearing the helmet of Valen, right? It, it just kind of always always feels like there's just this this ever this, this this slight ringing like almost like uh just like you know like you have like tinnitus or something yeah but it's barely noticeable unless like you know you're like something somewhere quiet right where you're trying to actually like focus and listen in um but yes you still are able to cast these spells it seems and, and create this food and water you know maybe when we uh get back to our normal timeline you could 
market this water. I mean, this tastes better than normal water. Maybe you could have your own brand of holy H2O. Hedrick's over here already trying to essentially introduce capitalism to the people of this medieval world. I mean, they have girl guides, so they have capitalism. Yeah. (laughs) We're selling cookies right now. True that. You should. But Jarrell isn't a very marketable name. You need something a little more generic. Kelly's a good name. Might need a first initial in front of it, though. Boo. Something to workshop later. <laughs> so, okay. Anyways, we've, we've done a lot of talking about the cookies, but now we have the material. We have the things. What's the plan? Well, while the water conversation has been going on, Boris has started taking some of the boxes of cookies since there are 45 pounds of them, which I think is probably like 100 boxes of Girl Guide cookies or so. (laughs) Um, And they're just stashed in this alley. (laughs) Boris has like got into her satchel. I remember saying that I had stashed my armor in there, right? So she's got into her satchel, opened a pocket of her armor and is like, thrown a good chunk of the cookies into the nether of her armor. Yeah, and like you can see, like even with, even with like how compressed the leather armor is, like to everybody else, like as she's opening this pocket, you see it just kind of stretches beyond what you would imagine like a pocket would be allowed to do as she's just like shoving all these boxes of cookies <laughs> into the pocket. Right. And then I I take like, a, a, you know, a half dozen or so, however many could actually fit in the satchel afterwards and have them like, you know, tucked in, but sticking out of the bag so that, it you know, it looks like I'm carrying a reasonable amount to be selling at once for a 13 year old child to be carrying at once. Okay, interesting. Whatever uh, cookies are remaining, I'm assuming people are already like starting to eat. <laughs> Uh, so this might help us get past some of the guys. Do we actually go door to door with this? Like, And are all mate? of you going to roll up in there together being like, this is all of ours. This is our kid. All, all of us. We, we are, are all this girl person's guides. guardian. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and, and pet frog, man. Right. <laughs> Instead of doing that. Do we have somebody who is a um, passable as a reasonable adult and be able to do maybe a small limited stealth mission where we can just send a couple of stealthy people to do this instead of trying to jam all of us into Ebenezer's house and invariably clanking about and blowing the whole thing? I could go invisible. I say I fucking knew Quinn was gonna suggest something like that. Like you, you're, you're, you're just—he was waiting. How long does your invisibility last, though? As if it's regular, long as I wanted to. No, um, if he <laughs> casts regular invisibility, he could probably make it last several hours. But greater invisibility only lasts like a minute. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, as long as I don't attack. With regular. Do... How, how should we separate? Should we, I mean, um, Hedrick and Quinn can go invisible on their own. Uh, Pragnod is relatively sneaky if he wants to be, I suppose. The two of us are the most difficult. Do we perhaps uh, set up a signal and um, maybe keep the rest of us just off the premises um, in case... Uh, 
something inc- requires us to intervene. Because we're good for a big, you know, big, fast, flashy intervention. Espionage, I don't think the two of us are so good for that. I agree with you. We can intervene with the best of them, though. My uh, mislead spell allows me to create the illusory double and I go invisible for one hour. But the double is still visible. Well, yeah, somebody's got a babysit him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can switch back and forth to move the double, but all I'm going to do is like hide in a closet or something or find someplace inconspicuous. What if I were to take off my armor and accompany Boris as her guardian while the other three go invisible? And you guy guard Hedrick's <laughs> illusory double. He doesn't become invisible, we've, though, right? We had worse plans. No. You absolutely would be able to pass as the guardian of a child. You tend to, you know, have guardian written all over you. Probably is actually engraved somewhere on that armor. There's a lot of it. He leans a little bit closer. It leans a little. Cl- There's a lot of engraving on that armor. Jarrell is kind of looking. He, he, he got this out of a dragon's den, so who knows? I hear a lot of ideas being thrown around, so I just want to see how this is all coming together now. Um, Jarrell would ask if Pregnart would help him out of his armor. Um, and then we'll have to stash that in Boris's armor. <laughs> Since we have time to be changing armor, Boris is going to pull her armor on under her dress as well. So she's got that, you know, equipped under everything. Because, I mean, you know, proper time era dress. You are going to be very form. uncomfortable. She's yeah, going to be uncomfortable, well, but well, the dress will cover up enough that... Yeah, something, but I'm gonna, I'm something... Gonna, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead first. Just le- leaning into the group. Something to keep in mind. Is that dress part of the girl guide uniform? Oh, I suppose not. It's a cool dress, though. It's a great dress, though. But I mean, you know, that dress was acquired when y'all were still going with the angle of the get well soon thing. So, I mean, actually, right. honestly, no, that was just Bor- Boris had her own angle. Bor- that yeah, y'all just let's say, yeah, Boris had her own angle. Which yeah. the dress might not have even had anything to do with that angle. Boris just might have wanted to feel pretty. It's <laughs> Boris. We can't know for sure. Nicole never smiling. know now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Should we get a more convincing uh, girl guide outfit? Or just make one. I mean, Boris does have a disguise kit. I would say, right. Boris, you probably could reasonably fashion a disguise um, out of materials you already have in that kit. Okay, so I, I reasonably fashion a girl guide costume. Yes, but I will make you make a check for it because this is fun. Excellent. For me. What check so, do I need to make? You Tool checks the way that they work in 5th edition. We haven't done one of these in a little bit, right? You take whether if you're proficient in a tool, right? Which you, I think you are proficient with disguise kits. So you're going to add your yeah. proficiency bonus to the roll. And we, ha- I have to assign essentially a bil- an ability score to tie this tool check to. So in this case, what I'm going to make it is an intelligence 
disguise kit check because, and the reason I'm tying it to intelligence is that never really having encountered girl guides before, you're going to have to essentially go from what's on the box of cookies <laughs> to base your costume idea off of. So you're not, you know, like things like maybe troop numbers or like any of the other like fine details are going to be tied to your intelligence and your and, and, and that type of thing. So it would be True. intelligence plus proficiency on the roll. Now, important question just for, you know, the scope of things. Uh, do the girl guides continue for the next 160 years spread and do they exist in Boris's hometown? <laughs> um, being that you are in a very small barony, or well, okay, a, a barony that is much smaller than like the larger kingdoms and things like that. I don't think that that sort of thing would be as prevalent there when it's mostly just like you know your common people and villagers and farmers and stuff like that. Less, less girl guide stuff made it over to that area. No girl guides in my hometown. Okay, no. perfect. Doesn't affect my role in any way. I was just curious if she would be based. Now, because it on you're her proficient, right? Knowledge. Obviously, obviously. 10 pretty much is your baseline, right? Because of your reliable talent as a rogue. So really it's, I mean, you know, there's only, a, there's, a, there's a minimum that you can get here. It's not that you're going to fail miserably. I'm just kind of curious to see how good of a disguise this is. So that maybe like for later checks, for people who may be skeptical or whatnot, that'll help me determine how difficult it will be for them to see through your disguise. Yeah, I have a plus one in intelligence. So I think 11 is my minimum. Plus your proficiency, so it could actually I, uh, sixteen would be the minimum you could you could get on the check. Could so I inspire her? Uh, how would you inspire her? I would tell her, you know, uh, when I was being interrogated up there, I, I really talked you up. Okay, so yeah, you have bardic inspiration. Is that kind of what you like? What yeah. you mean? Okay, yeah. yeah. So you, so if you don't like your your die roll, right, or if you want to add some, you have your bardic inspiration die. Which is the, what do you have now, Patrick? Is it a D ten still, or is it a D twelve? That's a D twelve. Hell yeah! Thank God. Yeah, it's up there. Just gonna go ahead and use my bardic inspiration. <laughs> Teamwork. Oh, that's much better. Okay, ten plus two plus my baseline was ten plus one. Plus your proficiency, right. right? You have to add your add your proficiency bonus too, because you are proficient with disguise yes. kits. Twenty-eight. Oh yeah, very good, very convincing disguise. I look does it include like the, the surfboard? It does not include the surfboard. No. <laughs> she has the wherewithal to know that girl guides don't just walk around with surfboards. They do on the cookie box. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, you've, you've, you've created the costume. With my costume, I have created a tiny little pin of a surfboard that looks like the surfboard on the box on and the box like affixed nice. it to my girl guide costume. Nice. I have earned my surfing badge. Perfect. <laughs> yep. It's, 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 it's a very convincing disguise. Uh, so, so Jarrell, I guess, is in his ceremonial robes. <laughs> no, you're, you're appropriate clothes. You have appropriate clothes, don't you, with Jarrell? I, I don't think so. It was the funniest thing to ever appear on our character sheets, and so I just like like to reference it whenever possible that appropriate clothes was something that m many of us had on our character sheets. Oh, I have fine clothes. Ooh. <laughs> what are you? What do your fine clothes look like? Um. 
I guess it's just like some like kind of dressier pants, um, a nice white shirt with a coat, kind of look like a rich dad. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So Jarrell's got his rich dad outfit on. Boris is dressed up in a appropriate girl guides uniform. Um, are you the only two then that are going to be going in? What are visibly zero? Yeah, what are zero and Pregnar doing? Are they just going to be babysitting the essentially the bot, the, the Hedrick body double, like, like like he's your drunk friend? Zero is I won't say undisguisable, but he would be very difficult to make look like anything besides oh, just stacking some boxes on him and making him look like a like a pallet truck or something like that. <laughs> right. I was going to say so, a, per- a yeah. person the size of Terry Crews walks around like you're going to turn heads. Yeah. Like he's ginormous. He's a, he's a thick boy and he's probably, you know, when he when he walks, you know it cuz that kind of machinery is going to weigh like a good 600 pounds when walking around town. So yeah. Not super stealthy. So I was thinking find an out of the way alley, maybe not entirely unlike this, but within shouting distance of, uh, you know, Villa Ebenezer, if at all possible. So if, um, and by the way, we'll have to come up with some sort of good audible or visual signal um, if the time comes when intervention is necessary, but that I would be close enough to hear said intervention. Well, what's the, what would the signal yeah. be then? You know? I think uh, Pregnard is uh, equally uh, un- un- undisguisable, so... What do we want the uh, warning signal to be? What's the code word? Or do we need to create some sort of yeah. visual? That should be up to you guys going in. So it's going to depend on what you can do or make. Versus so, looking through our pockets. <laughs> uh, Hedrick, are you able to make any loud noise? Mm-hmm. Or press yep. the digitize something? Yep, I have my, uh, I mean, I have my amplifier and I have my instruments. Beyond that, I'm going to have to use magic. Oh, you have the pot of casting. Excellent. You'll be able to reach me from any amount of distance. And everyone else. <laughs> every, every, everyone else within a thousand feet will be able to. I feel like if Pregnart and I need to be called in, everyone else within a thousand feet are an afterthought. Mm. Well, I feel like I should go under the guise of of a, an entertainer from the girl guides. I don't want to be just some drunken buffoon following around a you know, father and daughter situation. <laughs> Are you certain you don't want to go invisible? Well, yeah, I could do that, but if I end up having to be seen, I'm, I'm gonna do the best I can. Other than that, I'll just stay quiet. Oh. Even Hedrick, if you alone are arrested, you just vacate the body. What happens to that body after you vacate it and go back to your regular one? Does it stick around or does it vanish off into the ether somewhere? I am truly only ever myself. The illusory double is only temporarily under my control when I choose it. And... If, if anything happens, if the spell ends, I return to wherever my invisible self is. 
but say you didn't end because um haven't haven't we seen you kind of hop back and forth between the two true i could stay my illusory double but if anybody tries to touch me i'm pretty sure they have to make a save to see if i'm an illusion aha so, so i cannot be touched but ironically enough my illusory double can interact with things it's only creatures who touch me have to make the save Aha. So at the very least, if you alone are arrested, detained, or otherwise apprehended, you've got an out. I suppose so, yeah. So so you're saying keep the invisible self and the illusory double on the inside. Hmm. Keep the, the invisible self with us. It's just an extra layer of protection if things go sideways. Wait, 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 wait. You want the invisible Hedrick with you and not the double, the the visible double? I thought the illusory double was going in, and the invisible yet very real Hedrick was going to be inert but guarded by myself and Pregnart. But then if if a visible Hedrick is showing up, what is he doing there? So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm either just playing music or whatever, but I feel like, okay, here's my bit. While they're selling the cookies, I'm going to have the opportunity to look around unseen. And I'm pretty stealthy myself. I can handle my own. Right. So I think he's suggesting that Invisible Hedrick goes in with Invisible Quinn. Yeah, I think that's the best bet. Okay. So what does the illusory double do then? Standing next to you with a blank standing expression Standing next to y'all, right. You guys are essentially <laughs> Why do we be... even have the illusory double then? Because it has to happen. I mean, unless I mean, unless you just... That's how he goes invisible. invisible. So my oh, greater... he can't go invisible without the illusory double. Aha. It lasts for an hour, whereas my greater invisibility song only lasts for a minute. It's a short song. Oh, that, that, was, that was the part of this I was missing, is that it's the necessary component of the invisibility is that the illusory double has to be created. Right, because he's using mislead as that. That's see, I had it the other way around. I see. So you said uh, you guys are going to be smarter. weakened. You're going to be weakened at Bernie's babysitting his illusory double while invisible him and invisible Quinn essentially try to get in behind and around. Um, so we can call him Dedrick. <laughs> Yes, sure, sure. We'll call him Dedrick. And you know what? I'm going to try to have some fun with Zero, Pregnard, and Dedrick um, as we cut back and forth between these groups, if this is how we're going to split things off, because I want to have our Weekend at Bernie's moments with, you know, essentially dumbstruck Hedrick double, right? Because like when you're not occupying its psyche, it's just kind of sitting there pretty motionless and just kind of like dumb. So... Um. Yeah, I mean, so it's just idle. Yeah. Which is going to be fun for me. Picturing it like a broken NPC, like he's just walking into a wall. Just T-posing. T-posing. I can make it gesture, speak and behave in whatever way I choose. Is it is it only when you are occupying its uh like when you trans, like when you are looking through its eyes or occupying its consciousness, or can you just so like set like a default says, action for it to do? The first thing that it says is the double lasts for the duration, uh, but my invisibility ends if you attack or cast a spell. So the first part is you become invisible at the same time. Right. The second part is I can use my action to move my illusory double up to twice my speed and make a gesture speak and behave in whatever way I choose. 
You can see through its eyes and hear through its ears if you were located where it is on each of your turn. As a bonus action, you can switch from use it again to your senses and back again. Yeah, so I think that... Yeah, blinded and deafened. So I think that, right, because you're because of the fact that it's, you're blinded and deafened when you're using its senses, I'm going to say that the illusory double is essentially blinded and deafened when you are not occupying its consciousness, because otherwise it's just sitting there as sort of a stand-in for you. You could that probably you could probably maybe give it a very default or very basic, like, idle action to perform while it's just standing or sitting there, but outside of that, like... Okay. It's going to be up to Zero and Pregnart to make Illusory or Hedrick look like he's actually alive and breathing and, you know, a normal person to a passerby. That's kind of how I want to have my fun with this. I'm picturing the he's Illusory fun. double right now, just like standing in the alley holding a box of cookies, just waving with the other hand in like a circle <laughs> at nobody. Well, I, that could work. I have ideas, but I don't want to give you the ideas. I want to see how you guys handle it. So we're just going to like that seems to be what our plan is. So really, I, when you guys are ready, if unless there's any other planning you all want to do, um, the stage is set. Oh, I mean, I guess uh, Boris and I are walking up to the front gate, right? All right. So, hon, you guys are going to be walking up to the front gate, right? Um. Phil and, or I'm sorry, Hedrick and Quinn are, I'm assuming, are going to start their whole invisibility shtick. How long does yours last for, Quinn? Because you're probably, you can, because they get higher levels. Regular invisibility can be like eight eight hours, I think, up to. Yeah, I was just reading it. Um, if I recall correctly. Uh, let me get back to it, sorry. Just so that we have all the details. Like, we know Hedrick's lasts for an hour, but, like, you know, it might be important to note if yours does last longer just in case, like, you know, if we have any timing constraints, we can address them. Um, no. It just is. What's the duration? Is it an hour? Yes, okay. because so at higher levels, it's just I can I can make more people. Oh, OK, you can't increase the duration. So it's also mm-hmm. an hour. OK, that's fine. So uh, the as an hour is the time frame we're working with that. That's good. Um, I can work with that. I mean, before I have to peace out and like reset. Yeah, essentially. Um, but Hedrick, too. So you guys mm-hmm. will just like try to cast them synchronized as best as possible so they end around the same time. Our watches are synchronized. Yep. Um, where Does are that... we putting Hedrick's double? And yeah, where are Zero and Pregnart going to be hanging out? So if I were to just, I'm going to give you a brief description of kind of what the gate, general gate area is and like what your surroundings are as you approach this more residential area and where like the gated community also resides. This is mostly residential, right? Like while you guys were in like a very commercial area before, you're really mostly surrounded by cobbled streets with like very nice homes. And then the gated community itself like has a, you know, a, you know, the wall with those towers I had mentioned, right? And those four guards on duty. Um, and just like, you know, streets that run along the wall and then just kind of go off into other like residential, you know, streets where other houses line. There's not really any public gathering spaces per se like in view of the gate however like you know there may be some side streets or things like that you might be able to like hang out down so that you can at least hear you know something loud but not necessarily be in view of maybe the guards you just be hanging out though in like front of people's houses 
so I guess like how like you know where you want to place yourselves or how do you want to look in as inconspicuous as you possibly can <laughs> I really want to establish sort of like that scene so that when we cut back that's what we're looking at probably up to zero and pregnant where they want to park themselves. yeah that's what I'm asking so imagine mm. like imagine you're like literally in like a residential community that, that that is just like you know part of it is gated off where like there are some like larger homes and whatnot right like how would you blend in or attempt to blend in if you're just going to be standing around for a bit where would you start doing at least i i'm i'm gonna be uh i'll i'll be a pet so pregnar is going to pose as a pet <laughs> okay i'll do this in character i'll say well um i can uh i can just uh be like a a, a pet and uh i can wear a um a leash and a collar and uh i'll you can pretend that uh i'm uh going around and uh sniffing how does that address what hedrick's body is doing well, Hedrick, uh, <laughs> is, that's, that explains why we're in the neighborhood, and Hedrick can be doing whatever. I can be Hedrick's uh, service frog. <laughs> and Zero, how are you fitting into this scene that Pragnard is crafting? <laughs> okay, excellent. So we've got a, a, we've got a bit of an idea. We've got a Hedrick. Let's say maybe he's bit of an eccentric eccentric enough to need a service frog well wealthy eccentric like that needs a bodyguard no uh-huh definitely fantastic so i think our wealthy eccentric uh hedrick is going to uh take his frog for a walk in um perhaps a local park there's got to be some sort of park around here which people love their parks there is a park I mean, not too far from where you are, but you would be you would be far enough away from the gates where, you know, it might take you like a couple minutes to, to kind of get back to where everyone's entering. It's not like there's a park right next door to this community. I mean, we can never be so lucky, but uh, well, next door to that community is just what? More stately manners, I assume. Yeah, more stately manners, and then you guys aren't too far from the the gates to the tenth ward as well, um, to the north, because you are like the northern part of the ninth ward. Sounds like my illusory double is more of a rock star than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, we've all known enough rock stars to know that the whole lifestyle is an illusion, so I suppose it's apropos. So that's certainly an idea. Um, well, hmm. well, well, we can start with that, with the pregnant being the pet and Hedrick's um, body, which is going to be rather motionless until he comes and backs and assigns it some actions to do. Um, this is this is going to be a lot to maintain. For, this is going to be a lot for Hedrick to maintain. Yeah. Instead of just quitting using a higher level spell slot and making them both both invisible. <laughs> I do have an idea. I mean, I have an idea, but I'm not going to suggest it because, again, I'm not here. I mean, using a third level spell to make two of us invisible is not that big of an issue. I think we've already settled on what the plan is. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> is too fun. I'm, I'm not saying that's, okay. that's not why I didn't chime in to do it. 
I'll say that I'll say that obviously like zero you can try to almost like lead along the body double but it's you're you're going to have to like if Hedrick is not controlling it you're going to have to help make this dude look convincing. With and Pregnart's going to have to figure that out too because again the make body double is not going to really be able to do a lot of stuff on its own without Hedrick influencing it to do so. So the first thing Zero is going to do is literally pick up the um, pick up the uh, the Dedrick by the waist and just literally carry it under one arm like it's a cord of wood or something. Perfect. Okay. All the while, like I'm assuming that Dedrick is just standing there, like except he's doing it at a ninety degree angle now as he's being <laughs> carried. Okay. Okay. Um, where is Pregnart the service frog at then in the mix? Walking walking, walking alongside. alongside them. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The scene or, is set. I mean, hop, hopping along. Y'all are just I'll, I'll, we'll just. I'll try to be more animalistic. Y'all are doing your best to just inconspicuously walk through the neighborhood <laughs> and stay nearby. So we'll check back in That's on you in thing. a little bit, That's and we'll one. go right to the gate. We got an invisible Quinn. We got an invisible Hedrick following Jarrell and Boris. Yep. Um, when you arrive at the gate, there are two guards posted up front, and um, you know they you know, kind of put their hands up and be like, oh, state your business. Oh, hello, good sir. Uh, oh, oh, you know what? You do it, darling. Tell her what you're here for. Boris looks up at the guard and then looks down at the ground again and then looks up at the guard and then rocks back and forth on her heels and her toes, kind of looking at the ground a little bit and then looks up and really quickly says, excuse me, sir, would you like to buy some cookies? And then looks at the ground again really quickly. <laughs> uh, can you make me a deception roll, please? We all know it's going to succeed. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, this is a, this is a D&D boring. podcast after all, so we got to yeah. just pretend like we roll dice. It's, it's good to send in the Oh, nice. What's that? 21. Oh, wow. Okay, oh, wow. that was close, actually. I rolled a 19 on the inside, so. Oh, I didn't roll awesome, but I didn't roll terrible. Oh, and the, so you hear the guy go, oh, that's adorable. Uh, Jerry, you got you got any change? And the other guard goes like, "Oh man, uh, hold on. What kind of what kind of cookies you got? Which one? You know, like what do, what do you have left?" Uh, Boris doesn't actually answer, but pulls a box of cookies out of her bag and like holds them up directly in front <laughs> of his face, right, kind of like yeah, shyly so looking at the ground. Thin mints. Yeah. Oh yeah. Both of the guards are just like, "Oh, my favorite." Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll take a couple. Bo- are you here to sell to the to the folks here? I'm assuming. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, Jarrell is just like doing the proud dad smile. <laughs> don't cause any trouble, you know, and they hand you some, you know, some coinage, right? To like pay for a couple boxes each of Thin Mints. Um, and they're like, don't cause any trouble. And, you know, if, 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 if people say no, just, say thank you walk away like people here don't typically like to be bothered too much but you know we can't oh no worries she's very well behaved and Jarrell pats her on the top of the head as we're starting to walk (laughs) or beams (laughs) up at Jarrell (laughs) all right all right all right uh thanks we'll see we'll see you later and they, they let you right in yeah no issues you guys are straight in the the gates are opened and they kind of step out of the way to let you enter. There's enough room for 
um, Quinn and Hedrick to kind of like just kind of put you know push themselves in behind them before they cl- before they close the gates behind you. Okay. okay. And how, how far how far in like in the rows of houses? So imagine let's let's imagine like a if, if you will like a like a, like a large cul-de-sac that's built onto a hill, right? Whereas yep. like as you're kind of climbing the hill, you know, there's a lot of room between these like mansions essentially, right? But uh, man, like we, you guys know that Ebenezer's is the third on the left as you're kind of climbing the hill. Okay. Uh, Boris, do you want to go to the other houses? We do have a hundred yeah. boxes of cookies. Boris, <laughs> actually, okay, if it's the third house on the left, then yeah, Boris would, would want to go to those first two houses on the left, right? Like, the guards are right there that right. just saw that, us. So, and like, yeah, and, 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 like, and, and from Hedrick's scouting, order. right, and from Hedrick's scouting, you know that there are also, there's also one in each of the towers that's attached to the gate. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll go to each house. Yeah. Hedrick's gonna try to whisper to Quinn in some way to just say, hey man, we should stick together till we know where we're going. I'm not going up to all these houses. I'm gonna hang back. Now, okay, we can't see each other either, right? They hear each other. <laughs> I'm already toward. I'm already toward the third house. Okay. You're whispering to nothing. Okay. So Hedrick's gonna <laughs> assume that you heard him and make his way up to the third house. I love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm already halfway there. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> um. So, so y'all, y'all Portugal. have essentially beelined it to the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. You guys, so we'll, we'll we'll start at the first house, though. You know, there's obviously no doorbell, so there's just you know a nice, there's like a a, a a golden like knocker on the front in the shape of a of a lion's head, with like in its mouth is the like the ring that you would knock on the door with. Uh, Jarrell will knock. Okay. Yeah, you can hear it's 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 a, a hollow knock, and um, after a few moments. Uh, the door opens and you can see someone dressed, you know, in very um, formal attire. Um, they look as though they might be like a like a like a butler of some kind. And uh, you know, he's very clean shaven, slick back, gray hair, and he kind of you know, with his nose turned up, looks at you. Yes, and who may I be speaking with? Go ahead, darling. Boris gives like the exact same routine. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. We, it's practiced, you know. And like just, to the tea, just the rocking <laughs> on the feet, looking at the ground, sheepishly, then, you know, yeah. selling cookies. Um, and you know, the the man just says, "I don't believe that the men and women of the house will be eating any cookies." At all, we appreciate this, but we must say no. Yep, Boris doesn't fight or waste any time. She just goes, okay, thank you. And, like, starts walking back down right. the stairs. Like, they close the door. Yeah. Okay. As we're yep. walking to the second house, uh, Jarl will say, we need a reason to actually get into Ebenezer's house. Well, I mean, you just have to try to... Right, you have two people who are going to probably try to get in no matter what. 
Yeah. But um, if Boris could think of something to get her way into the house itself, that would be gold. Just, just has to use the bathroom. That's what I was. Yeah. Hey. Yep. Hey, hey, oh, hey. That was my. <laughs> You're not here. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but I don't know if Jarl's supposed to be like pushing the I'm line just an of inner line. voice. That's right. okay. Boris Boris was definitely already thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right. Okay, um, so we go to the second house and we knock. Yeah, as you guys are doing that, I'm actually going to address Hedrick and uh, Quinn real quick. You guys approach Ebenezer's mansion. Um, it's midday. You know, I think we had established, right? Uh, so. You know, it's hard to tell if there's like lights on, right? Because, you know, like if there's like any candles lit or anything like that, or if any rooms are occupied just from looking outside at a cursory glance because it's the middle of the day. Um, so as you approach, right, the door is kind of set more on the right side of the front of the house. There's like a, a patio that kind of stretches along the front. Um, and then there's like a like a walled off, like fenced or more fenced off garden area um, to your left, like in front of the house on the side. Um, you can even see there's like even like a small little pond there. Um, it's just really you know very beautiful. Looks like very well maintained flowers, you know, shrubbery, all the types of different things. Sort of this you know really pretty garden. Um, like I said, most of the curtains are drawn in the front of the house, but there are you know two curtains next to the double doors or two windows next to the double doors in front of the house that are open. You can see like you know there's like a you can kind of see into the house a little bit, but it just looks like a, an atrium in there. It doesn't appear to be anybody as you're walking up to it um that's what you see from the front there's you know grass and lawn or whatever right like along both sides of the house so you can easily walk around the house if you wanted to um, but i just kind of want to know where you guys are starting your investigation of the property um how tall is it again it's just two it's two stories two stories typical roof how many chimneys? Um, there appear to be one, two, three chimneys. Okay. Are you going to Santa Claus it? I might have to Santa Claus my way out of there. <laughs> uh, it's, you can just like wink, wriggle your nose and just pop up. <laughs> That's if the flu is open. um but yeah so that's that's but yeah is that like what do you guys actually i mean are you because you guys are not communicating with each other right like quinn has gone Mm -hmm. off and done his own thing and i mean potentially could be communicating to me and i wouldn't know Uh, right hedrick's talking to himself all right i'm gonna go around back just to see if there's anybody i can spot through the windows move my way around back see the little pond see like you know this little yeah so you're going around the left side of the house so um yeah as you're going around there there's also like you know you can see the there's like you know like there's a corner of the house it kind of comes back out so like the part of the garden like two two sides of the garden are flush with the house and then so it's kind of you know like the whole house would be a rectangle if you included the garden otherwise right it's just like the walls of the house kind of are cut off a little bit but there is another flower garden vegetable garden um, it's more of what it looks to be just like a, like a, like a calm, like, like somewhere, like somewhere to hang out. It doesn't necessarily anything be like growing food here. It's more like well-trimmed, um, landscaping and, and things like that. And it, you know, I guess like an actual, like installed pond, there's fish inside the pond, like swimming it's like more botanical than anything. Yeah. It's a botanical garden, not a, not a, um, like functional or, uh, I'm sorry, practical garden. Is there some sort of like cobblestone path 
in between these like flower beds and stuff. I mean, yes. So there's a there's, there's, so there's a gate on the on the side of it. Like not you don't there's not a gate from the front, but as you're walking around the side, you can see there's a gate that enters the garden. There is an entry to the home, and there's like a like a, you know, like a little just like an ornamental bridge that it goes over this very like this small pond that's kind of like surrounding it. And there's like bushes and things like that. There's like, you know, some benches to sit down. You know, you can see even on one of the benches, there appears to be like, you know, like a, like an old newspaper or something of the, of the, of the sword. Like someone might've been just like out here reading and, mm-hmm. you know, just enjoying the calmness of it. Okay. No, but there is, more... there is one, there is a side entrance to the house here. I was more just like looking at the grounds and seeing if there was anything that he noticed, like maybe layout wise uh, I was I was kind of thinking like if there was a layout of stones whether or not there may be something patterned out on the ground there signifying this property but no uh, nothing nothing that nothing, nothing that glance, is, yeah nothing that indicative taking the glance and moving back up to the front because he wants to make sure he's there when Jarrell and Boris get up to the door yeah um so as far as the second house is concerned that you go to I'll say that the 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 actual um, the, the woman of the house actually answers and gets very excited when she sees somebody in a um, girl guides uniform and proceeds to start chatting you up. She excitedly exclaims, "Oh, I'll take as many as you can give. I, I will we'll take. I'll take fifteen boxes hmm? if you got them. If you don't Do have I... them all, I mean, just 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 put me down for them, and you can come back and deliver them. Like I want, I want as many as you can get. Does my satchel have fifteen boxes worth of space? You had forty-five pounds. Well, no. They're all hidden in the pocket, right? So, like, right. I don't know how many boxes were actually like visible in my satchel. I'm thinking probably like a dozen. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, she's she wants she wants a bunch. She's like, put me down for fifteen. If you don't have them, honey, it's okay. You can come back. Just tell him. Just tell the guards that 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 sh- you know you're you're coming to see Cheryl, okay? Of course, Cheryl. I can I I I, I can definitely bring you more cookies. And then but then she you know. but 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 she does the she's she's doing the thing though where she's starting to make a conversation like you know asking you about how many merit badges you've gotten, how long you've been a girl guide for, yada yada. Like doing the thing where it's like you know you guys are obviously trying to leave, but she is not getting the mm-hmm. conversational cue that you want to leave. So you are just locked in conversation with this woman, unless one of you finds you're out. Because <laughs> she's asking uh, questions, but not even waiting for your response. She's just continuing to ask the questions. Jarrell will pipe in. Uh, well, it was very pleasant to meet you. We have many more houses to get to. We will be back with oh, more of your cookies, though. Okay, just don't forget to come back to your girl Cheryl, okay? 15 boxes of Thin Mints, Okay. Of we'll see you, sweetie. It was so nice to meet you. <laughs> hey, Boris bats her eyelashes at her. Um, pulled from a real-life experience I had selling popcorn as a Boy Scout back in the day. <laughs> 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 there were some people who were absolute fucking fiends for that shit, so. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, yeah, and now you make it up to... You guys, you, uh, uh, Hedrick and uh, Quinn, presumably, if you are also in front of the mansion, can see that Jarrell and and Boris are approaching the house. Um, Quinn, where are you right now? I know Hedrick kind of did a quick scout of the side, then came back around front. Where, where, what, where are you looking at? What are you investigating? Yeah, I would say that I, I'm just kind of surveying the mansion itself, like just kind of checking the windows, kind of seeing 
kind of just getting myself like a map of what the inside may look like based on what I can figure out from the outside. Okay. Um, what I will say is that you've, if, if you've made your way around to check out the windows, most of them are all drawn. And in the back of the house, there is what appears to be some sort of like, maybe uh, some sort of maintenance person doing like just general care to like the landscaping and bushes and things like that that surround the property. Okay. Just one, one, one lone maintenance man um, trimming some hedges in the back of the house. There's also a well at the back of the house and a, a rear entrance towards the center of the, of the structure. I yeah I stay very far away from the the set gardener. Okay, sounds good. Um, Jarrell and Boris, you approach the house of Ebenezer. Um, As we're approaching, Boris is very much doing the typical child that has to pee walk, like you know, what me <laughs> kind of bouncing in front of the other the whole time. <laughs> okay, so you're doing that. Um, uh, the knocker on there's, there's also a knocker on the front yep. door here. Jarrell knocks. There's a bit of a delay. Um, and then eventually a woman comes and answers the door. And she says, and she she looks very, she looks sad. Um, you know, like, and she definitely looks like just a bit distracted um, as she answers the door and she just says, um, I'm sorry, we, I, I, we're not taking any visitors today. Oh, I'm sorry. And she sees you in like your uniform, um, right? And Jarrell, uh, I, yeah. as, as much as I'd love to buy some cookies, little girl, I, I, I just we're we're not in a position to do that right now. It's it's not really a good time. I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, <clears throat> it does appear, though, uh, as she's doing the the dance. Right. He kind of defers to Boris for. I'm also kind of like tugging on Jarrell's sleeve right, <laughs> as right. I'm doing the dance. <laughs> I'm sorry to disturb you on this, uh, what seems like a hard day. Uh, would it be all right if my daughter just uses your restroom? Oh, um, of course. I'm I'm sorry. Just uh, please, like we, it, like it's, it's, I'll show you where it is, and then you can be on your way. Come come with me. Um, if you don't mind waiting here, sir, that just will be a moment. Um, so she leaves you at the door, Jarrell, you know, and uh-huh. leaves it like slightly ajar. She doesn't close it all the way. Uh-huh. Um, Boris, how, you. How, how why did she open that door? I mean, she was standing in it. She had kind of had her hand on the door and she just kind of like led Boris in and then closed it, but left it like slightly ajar. Um, but it's just like, it's just a crack. Yeah. As you enter the home, you see this, you're in this gorgeous foyer the um floors like there's like a red carpet uh, as you enter the front door that has like this gold trim to it then the rest of the floor is um like like marble like white and gray marble tile there are you know some pillars here in the center that seem to be supporting um what appear like almost like a well, not in the center. So there's some pillars along that are supporting like a, a balcony railing that you can kind of look from upstairs down onto. Um, there's a set of uh, stairs to the um, to your right and left that kind of go up to this second floor balcony. Um, to your left, you pass by a dining area. Um, but she, what she does is she takes you straight through this foyer and to the through a door to the right, and there is a facility but you managed to see that there was a dining area 
to your right as, or to your left as soon as you entered, um, some other rooms to your right, and some stairs that go up, and you know, and, and, and some doors that kind of, you know, lead off from this. But you you were brought straight to the restroom on the first floor. Do you do anything in here? Like what? Like what's your what's your plan? You're in. The door's closed. Well, what happens when she drops me off at the restroom? She just, you know, she's like, I'll be, oh, she says, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, just, I'll be here when you're done. We'll, you know, get you back to your dad. Okay. Make me a uh, perception check. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. As you kind of enter the restroom, you think you can here because there, there appears to be like just some like some cursory ventilation in this home like not like HVAC or anything like that right but there just appears to be like just you know especially in a what you would expect you know an outhouse or like you know in, like an indoor restroom to be in this time period there is running water here because I told you about the aqueducts and whatnot that bring the water running water and plumbing into the city um but there are some ventilation you know things in here like very small but you feel like you can almost hear like some like Moaning. I can't tell if it's moaning or crying or there's just like you. It's almost this very faint sound. You can almost hear like it's coming through like the the vents. Just this very faint moaning. But we'll have to find out what that moaning sound is next week. What on the Hapless Heroes podcast? Oh my god! No. <laughs> It's moaning Myrtle. <laughs> it's a very restroom thing, so. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Jumping out of the toilets. Uh, yeah, you know, sorry to do that to you. But, you know, listen, that, you know, these episodes have to end sometime. And, well, I just really enjoy finding cliffhangers wherever I possibly can. So if you like us, my dear audience, you can find us on the Internet. Join us on Twitter and look for us at Hapless Heroes. Zach's taken it over in recent weeks, months. By the time you listen to this, no idea. But, you know, we've been having some good time. We've posted random <laughs> polls on there, re- saying some strange or interesting things that may or may not have anything to do with what's actually happening in the show. But it's really great. That's what Fran wants you to think. It all does have to do with what's going on in the show. And some of it is coded. So, um, good luck. you know. <laughs> but seriously, follow us on Twitter. Enter the mind of Zach uh, slash us at the hapless heroes and uh you know we are also on other social media facebook instagram just look for hapless heroes podcast or hapless heroes and um a lot of these places also have all have sticky posts or just information descriptions and whatnot that also have a link to our discord server which is our favorite place to hang out and talk to you our fans you know because we can interact real time have conversations about everything from like you know other dnv things like world building and all you know character creation and all that stuff you know for your own games or talking about the show talking about our sharing pictures of our beautiful pets or you know all the things we're talking we just it's a, it's a great community we'd encourage you to come and be a part of it um yeah it's just it's super cool but if you really like us you could leave us a five-star reviewer rating on the podcast service of your choice all of those help put this you know help contribute to some algorithms out there talking about you know making us more uh, visible to more people Wait, what's an algorithm yeah you know, the algorithm that Does makes algor- things appear algorithm? more often i don't know oh shut up get out of here oh so uh 
I quit. Yeah, I know. I quit the entire podcast. Sorry. But anyways, you know, it helps us just, you know, get more, just get more visibility and uh, bring more people to this awesome show. But, you know, if your podcast service doesn't allow you to leave a review or, you know, you just are feeling a little shy, but you still want to say something nice, you can email us at hapleshearers at gmail.com or go to the five-star channel in our Discord server and leave us a review and we will read it on there and tell you how awesome you are. Just like um, stay-at-home dad here did, I think that's uh, Hido on our Discord server. And they say, uh, Hapless Heroes Podcast, what can I say? You guys and gal have created something really special. I am up to episode 230 at the moment, and with what's left, won't, <laughs> and with what's left, it won't get me through what I have to, what I have to for work tonight. So I don't know. <laughs> you have such a wonderful balance of fun and seriousness, and the shifting DMs really changes perspectives nicely. I love this show and hope you continue it for a long time to come. Well, thank you, Mr. Stay-at-home dad. We will do our best to keep this show running for as long as we are physically and mentally able to. Thank you for your kind words. You are a five-star human. Five stars. But if you really, really like us, you can go to our Patreon page. It's just patreon.com slash heroes. Uh, we have various reward tiers, all different behind-the-scenes audio, different diff- different things that we have to offer you. Um, really sorry if by now our, hot, our, our, our one-chip challenge has not made it to air. However, I, I, I'm going to go to the grocery store in the next few weeks and, and buy one of those fucking things, and we're going to we're gonna do it. We're gonna, And I'll find a way to record it uh, for all of us just so you can see the reactions, it. and we'll post it up as like a private link for all of you patrons out there to enjoy in our, in our suffering, uh, for those of us who choose to take part. But yeah, just encourage you to check it out again, patreon.com slash heroes, and uh, thank you for all of you who've been out there supporting us for so long. And if you like us, right now, you like us, Sally Field, and the whole deal, uh, go to the Pentagon and say that, uh, you know, I'm sure they have like a reception area of the Pentagon, uh, you know, a little greeting area, there's visitors, uh, visitor center. Yeah, that exists. And uh, t- tell them that you're a time traveler that has uh, smallpox and uh, they're going to probably either shoot you dead or um, bring you to uh, some sort of room to seclude you or quarantine you. And then uh, in that room, uh, tell whoever is observing you that uh, they should listen to the Hapless Heroes podcast. An original D&D campaign. (laughs) Just like that. Say it just like that. Just like that. (laughs) Then be like... (laughs) Oh, that's just my smallpox. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Better be careful. You thought you got rid of it. Oh god. Uh, speaking you of getting rid of things, fat. I'm gonna go ahead and just get rid of the rest of this episode by outroing our cast, starting on my virtual right this time with John playing Lord Jarrell the Light. Until next time, Phil, Cedric the Entertainer. Don't bother knocking. Let yourself on in. Zach as Pregnart. Quack, quack, quack. <laughs> Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I wonder if I have time to eat a box of cookies in here. Mike is Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. What a beautiful, beautiful home. And Zero. Er, and Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Move along. Don't harass Mr. Rick or his pet duck, thank you. And I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM Tumen. Next week, where now we canonically have a frog that acts like a duck. 
Bye-bye now. <laughs> bye. 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 A good night. Bye.